0: And so I think that if you're able to transform something that you want to get across into a story or into fiction, it's a backdoor potentially into people's minds and into allowing them to understand your point of view without being, you know, kind of like a hammer on someone's head that's just telling them exactly how, how they should think and how they should feel. It's sort of a backdoor that allows them to come to the realization themselves.
1: Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode, and we are going to take things in a very different direction today. My guest is A.J. Churchill, and I met A.J. at a podcast conference. And he and his colleagues have created a science fiction audio show. I'm not sure he'd call it a podcast, but close enough for me. And it's called Earth Eclipse. But more importantly, he's going to talk to us about the creative process for their new show. And how do you distribute it out so that you can bring yourself to the attention of customers, clients? And I know many people in the compliance world don't think of fiction as a way to communicate, but in visiting with A.J., it became clear to me that he and his colleagues are really on to something. So, A.J., first of all, with an incredibly long-winded introduction, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today.
0: Yeah, thank you, Tom. Thanks for, for having me and for inviting me on the show. It was great to meet you at Podcast Movement and great to be with you here.
1: So, if we can start off, A.J., tell us about you and your colleagues, how you got together, maybe a little bit about your professional background and into Earth Eclipsed. What is it? How did you create it? And what's your production process?
0: Yeah. So we started the Lunar Company in 2020, technically. But we started working on the show Earth Eclipsed in 2019, so mid to late 2019. And it's two partners and I, Victor Lee, Nick Proofer and myself, and I'm the audio person, I'm the person who does the music and the sound mostly, but I also do producing. Nick is the creative person, he directs the show and came up with the concepts. And Victor is our our business person and our our lead producer who kind of runs operations. The three of us are Brazilian, and so we I've known Nick since I was a week old. Our parents were were friends out down in São Paulo. Victor actually went to my high school in Brazil. He's also Brazilian, but we didn't know each other at that point. We actually met here in L.A. Where, we're, where Victor and I are based. I think late 2019, Nick and Victor were working at this company, this content creation company in downtown L.A., and I think they were getting a bit burnt out. They, they wanted to move on and, and do some more creative projects of their own. And so they kind of racked their brains and were trying to figure out what they could do with their skill set and then maybe someone that they knew. And they came up with the idea to do this audio drama or a piece of fiction for the podcast medium. So, yeah, when you called it podcasts, I think that's totally, totally fine. We also question, you know, what's a what call exactly what it is we're doing. An audio series, a podcast, audio fiction, fiction podcast. There's just a lot of different names for it. But, yeah, so late 2019, we started working on Earth Eclipsed. And our plan was to write the pilot and then produce the pilot. So we, we'd raise money to make only the first episode, produce it as we imagined it to the you know to the level that we wanted it and then use that pilot to try to sell it as to get exclusive distribution and money to make the rest of the show you know from audible or spotify or another one of the big fiction players out there or audio players and when when we were about to start recording COVID hit right it was sometime in march or april of 2020 and we were going to do it all in person here in los angeles we had booked out a studio And COVID hit. And so we had to, you know, Governor Newsom imposed the shutdown. And so we had to kind of figure out what we were going to do. We postponed the recording session. In fact, we canceled it entirely. And we moved to an online only model. So we recorded the whole show online, finished the pilot and then submitted the pilot to Tribeca. So while we were submitting it to Tribeca, it was the first year that they were accepting fiction podcasts and podcasts as an entry medium we submitted for that and at the same time we started pitching the show to you know Spotify and Audible and these other companies to try to see if we could get distribution with them and we got a lot of really good feedback from people everyone said that it was uh, you know it was a great show the production value was great the story was interesting but in the end they would always move on for one reason or another and so we realized quickly that if we wanted to make this thing happen we had to just do it ourselves and we probably weren't gonna get funding just because the fiction space isn't that mature, or they had their ideas already for their own fiction content, like they were gonna they had a show that was too similar to Earth Eclipsed, or they couldn't figure out how to fit Earth Eclipse onto their slate. And so with that, we were able to raise money to produce the full first season, which we recorded in January of this year. So we spent a lot of that year, we hired a writer named Alexa Polivka, who drafted the remaining seven episodes after the pilot. So she came in and kind of made it a full story arc from beginning to end and, you know, really made the story quite interesting and gave every character their own arc and everything. We recorded in January. And then since then, we we went to Podcast Movement 2021. We we've been talking to a lot of fiction creators. And yeah, we realized that everyone is facing the same issues that we're facing. You can make a show that is really good production value, very promising. You know, everyone who you play it for seems to enjoy it. It's getting great test runs. But in the end, it's all up to the big players like Spotify or Apple or some other, you know, independent companies to decide whether the show gets life or not. And so we decided to kind of do our own thing and see if we can we can sort of improve this market for audio fiction, which we think is growing a lot, but just doesn't have any developed, really a developed player for it, which is where Apollo comes in. So sorry, that was a massively long response, but that's sort of how we got started with creating audio fiction.
1: So before we get any further into Earth Eclipse itself, let me uh, ask you some questions about the Lunar Company, because I was fascinated by your website. First of all, you prominently display the locations of your team members and that it's produced 100% remotely. But I was really intrigued by, let me get the language, quote, the sound world is our creation. The limit is your imagination. What did you mean by that?
0: Oh, great question. So When you listen to our show, it's like listening to kind of a movie in your ears. And while we're not the first show to come up with this this kind of concept, there are a lot of audio dramas in the past that have come up with, you know, immersive score and full sound design. It doesn't happen so prominently nowadays. We want the audience to be able to put on their headphones, close their eyes, and just completely escape into our universe. And The world that we created is several thousand years into the future, but it has a lot of similarities to, it it deals with a lot of themes as nowadays. And so things like data privacy, authoritarianism, those kinds of heavy political themes we deal with in our show. And so we want people to be able to put on their headphones and be transported to this other universe, close their eyes and really imagine themselves sort of what the characters look like, what the scenery looks like. We give little hints of what things should be, like you might hear a lever get pulled here and there. You might hear some clicks and pops and different sound design elements. But in reality, we haven't really prescribed visually what those things are. And so it could be anything to any person listening to it, which I think is the the power of the medium. It's really... As much freedom as you give your imagination is how much you're going to enjoy Earth Eclipse, I think. Just close your eyes and sort of let the world envelop you and take you to a different a different place.
1: So I grew up in a small town, Central Texas, and my father grew up listening to radio when he was a kid. So he, he brought that love to me. And so Saturday morning, we would listen to radio shows. And so mm-hmm. I grew up with that audio medium that you've talked about. Is the podcast, the audio podcast, much like Earth Eclipse, is that an extension of what I listened to as a kid? Gunsmoke or Dragnet or uh, The Shadow or you name the show. Is 2021 the grandchild of that or is it something different?
0: I think that those were, I mean, at least compared to Earth Eclipse, I think those are quite similar in the sense that maybe the audio quality, like the recording quality and the techniques back then were a little bit more limited. But it's the same idea. I think it's the same idea that you, you basically, you sit around this audio source and you're, and you're, I guess back then it was the radio and now it's maybe, you know, a headphone jack or your Sonos player or, or whatnot. And you, yeah, you experience this escapist medium and it, it kind of allows you to move on to, to explore a different universe. I think maybe the difference nowadays is perhaps that it's now on demand. And so I think the the radio stuff that you listen to nowadays is mostly nonfiction, I would say. Whereas every once in a while there's a fiction show. But in terms of podcasting, now it's it's I think the difference is it's very much on demand. You can listen to it sort of whenever you want. You don't have to wait until a certain prescribed date and then, you know, get there a little bit early to sit around the radio, that kind of thing. But it's absolutely the natural extension of that. And I think our our medium borrows and owes a lot to those older shows.
1: So, do you give us just a hint of the storyline of, of Earth Eclipse? Maybe just if I could call it a teaser, because I know you have one of those.
0: Yeah. So, Earth Eclipse, like I said, is set you know a couple thousand years into the future. Humanity is now a space ex- spacefaring, space exploring civilization, and they've colonized the you know certain galaxies far into the galaxies. We follow our protagonist, who is uh, Dr. Alexine Prometh, and she's a neuroscientist who is studying memories. And she goes on this interview, actually, similar to sort of what we're doing right now. She goes on this interview with this person who has been doing his own investigation on her memory research. And this memory research that she was doing was commissioned by the, the government of this future, this future civilization called the Concord. And they're, they kind of contracted with Dr. Prometh to figure out a way to read people's memories. And essentially, we go on this adventure that follows Dr. Prometh as the true believer of the Concord. And as she goes on, she learns a bit more about kind of the the truth of this society and the meaning or the reason why they want to investigate people's memories and the fact maybe it's not 100% benevolent and utopian as she thought. But her plans are foiled by this renegade miner who appears in the first episode. His name is Nico Dunn. And he is kind of the antithesis of Dr. Prometh. He comes from the outer worlds. He isn't this, you know, big neuroscientist. And he has his own plans for the memory research that Dr. Prometh has come up with. And so it follows the interplay between those two and the crew of their ship the Gungnir as they kind of go on this adventure to learn a bit more about the memory research and the history of of the Concord. It's an eight episode mini series. The whole thing is a little bit under four hours if if you binge it. And we plan on releasing all eight episodes on December 15th of this year, which is when our app is also coming out. So we're planning on doing a simultaneous release for the two of them.
1: So AJ, that really segues into the next part of our podcast that I was equally intrigued by what you and the Lunar Company team have come up with. Uh, So could you maybe explain the problem that you guys ran into about distributing the podcast series Earth Eclipse and how you guys were able to hopefully solve that issue with your new app?
0: Yeah, so we found that every person that we spoke to in the fiction realm, whether it was from the top, the top top players like Q Code or Realm or any of the big players in, in fiction, all the way down to the smallest microfiction creator that's just, you know, crowdfunding a couple hundred bucks and then making a season of their show with their friends. Every group of these fiction creators seems to face pretty much the same problems, which was how do you build this audience and how do you make a splash when there's so few avenues to getting featured on on different platforms and the platforms are not designed for for fiction. So when we set out for this, we didn't set out to create this app. We really it kind of clicked a few months ago when we realized, hey, we're everyone that we talk to is facing these same problems. So right now, if you're an audio fiction creator, I think the way to do it is essentially you crowdfund for your show. And if it's your first show, you know, good luck doing that because you don't have a track record yet but you crowdfund for your show on Indiegogo, you raise maybe you know $5,000 or, or less on average. And then you spend that money to pay your voice actors and everything, but it's kind of a labor of, of love. You, know, you expect to lose money on the operation, then you upload it to your RSS feed and you get it onto Spotify, you get it on Apple, you get it in different places. And then the game becomes to just hope and pray that they feature it. And so you then apply for to get it featured on their front page, and that really is kind of the only way that you can get a sizable audience to feature your show, to visit your show. So, for instance, when we got into Tribeca, we thought that that was going to be like, oh, we we made it. You know, this is this is how our show is going to make it big. And it did lead to a little a small bump in episode one because we had to release episode one as the terms of getting into Tribeca, which is episode one is still out there, by the way, if you want to have a listen to it. But. We realized that as a part of Tribeca, Apple also decided to feature the Tribeca shows. And when they did that on the front page, that's when we got a huge bump on of listeners on our show. And then the week later, once it was gone, that kind of went away. So we realized after talking to all these people and experiencing this ourselves that we're kind of all the work and marketing money that we would plan on putting into Earth Eclipse, you know, let's say we want to buy ads on other fiction shows are sort of just doing the work for Spotify and doing the work for Apple and these other players to send audiences to them. And at the same time, let's say we release Earth Eclipse. it does well, we then go and make our next show. The way to promote the next show would be to take Earth Eclipse or to take the Earth Eclipse feed and then put the trailer for the new show into the Earth Eclipse feed and hope that everyone who is still subscribed to the Earth Eclipse feed gets that notification and then listens to the trailer to the next show or follows it over to the feed to the next show. And everyone that we spoke to seems to say that they are able to transfer maybe 20% of their audience by doing that. So from one show to the next, you're able to retain 20% of the audience. And to us, this just didn't seem like it was good enough. Not to mention that the only way to make money on Spotify and Apple with a fiction show would be to run ads. Apple just released a, a subscription service, but even then, it's really just running ads. And that doesn't really work for a fiction show because we've got eight episodes and we put in you know a ton of effort and money into those eight episodes, but then it's done. And it's a year before we can, or, or six months or however long before we can release a, a new set of episodes and run ads again on those episodes. So, it's not like a continuously, you know, they're, they're evergreen, the episodes, but it's not a continuous thing where we have like every week some new content that's drawing people to, you know, as an audience member to our show. So that's what led us to decide to try to implement or design this app, Apollo, because believe it or not, even though fiction shows are growing, you know, right now pretty fast, there is no app that is dedicated exclusively to all fiction shows right now. There are certain apps that are dedicated to, let's say you're a production company and you want to re- release an app that is only geared towards your shows. So Realm, for example, is, um, it used to be Serial Box. They have an app that only showcases their shows, and so it's completely private. But there isn't an app that has every single fiction show that is available as an open RSS feed right now out there. And so that's what we're working on. And we plan on releasing Apollo, which will be which is what we're naming our app in December. And we plan on having every fiction show that is open RSS on there on day one, fully categorized into genres with, you know, if you want to listen to fantasy, you can listen to fantasy. You want to listen to sci fi. You can click on the sci fi category. Even further, we've gone down and, and done it by format. So, for instance, if you want to listen to a show that has no narrator, you can absolutely do that. You want to listen to a show that has a narrator, is an anthology horror podcast? You know, you could just select the filters, and we plan on having that functionality there as well. So, we're trying to solve the, disco- the discovery problem for fiction podcasts, and this is kind of how we've how we've tackled it. We're going big, and we're going to try to solve the problem for everyone, and not just our own shows.
1: So will this be a for-pay app? Will it be open Uh, to someone like myself who just wanted to download? How will that part of it work?
0: So this will be completely free for the listener. So it'll be completely free. So you'll be able to download it. And on day one, it'll be open for anyone with an Android or iPhone phone. And so for the listener, it'll be completely free. We do have plans to monetize certain things in the future, but since we're working with people's open RSS feeds and, and we're going to be pulling from you know, existing shows that we haven't, we haven't entered into license agreements with them, we're not going to change their feeds. And so if they put ads on their feeds, then the ads are going to be played through Apollo. We're really just another, another player that is designed specifically and geared towards, you know, towards fiction instead of everything, instead of every podcast type out there, which is mostly nonfiction for now.
1: So, AJ, one of the reasons that I wanted to visit you for this podcast was to maybe explore with you the power of storytelling, certainly within the fiction content. As you know, many of my listeners are in-house corporate types, and they are just beginning to move to storytelling as a way for communication and training, and I was wondering if you just could give us a few words about why you find the fiction realm so powerful to communicate some of the concepts you talk about, Earth Eclipse, data privacy, data protection, tyranny, or, or a variety of other issues. Why the fiction realm as opposed to the nonfiction realm?
0: I think that there's room for both. And I'll, I'll be completely honest, I love nonfiction. Like I, my background is as a composer. My favorite thing to score are documentaries, uh, just because I absolutely love, I love nonfiction. But there's something about telling a good story that lets you sort of tackle these themes in a way that is maybe going to elicit less of a less of a hostile response depending on the audience. And so some people if you're you can make your documentary too prescriptive and a little bit too much of a lesson that kind of thing. Whereas with fiction, the listener can come to the realization themselves. You show them the story, you present them the the characters, their arcs and the conflicts that they come up with, the plot, or they the conflicts that they face and the listeners can kind of put one and one together. And it's a different way of of shedding light on an important problem. So for us, for instance, it's data privacy. And that's one of the, the heavy themes. And we don't go out there and say like, Facebook is bad, or Facebook is complicated, and we need to analyze it a bit more. We create our own society, and we show you like, oh, yeah, there's the resource monitors that orbit these planets, and they collect data on, you know, population levels and water resources. And trade and whatnot. And there's a huge plus to this. It allows the planets to not fall into disarray. It allows, you know, oh, this planet is running low on water. Let's get a water shipment to them, et cetera. And so you can see the positives, just like with maybe Facebook and Google. You can see the positives. It's, it's so easy to go and Google something. It's The positives are obvious. But then, you know, you expose the negative side of it too with, okay, so now it's not just it's not just water levels. It's not just population levels. It's human memories and it's memories from these populations. And why are they collecting these memories and who controls this data? And so it's a little bit less of a prescriptive way of maybe getting your message across or the thing that you believe in. And so I think that if you're able to transform something that you want to get across into a story or into fiction, It's a backdoor potentially into people's minds and into allowing them to understand your point of view without being you know, kind of like a hammer on someone's head that's just telling them exactly how how they should think and how they should feel. It's sort of a backdoor that allows them to come to the realization themselves. That's not to say that Earth Eclipse is full of lessons and moralizing. It really isn't. It's just an adventure story, kind of like Star Wars. But Star Wars itself also... It's a story about imperialism and a story about fascism that's cloaked in this adventure tale, you know, about the force and Luke Skywalker and and whatnot. So that's why I I love telling stories through fiction, because I think you can get these messages across in sort of a roundabout way that is not only informative and educational, but also entertaining.
1: That's as fine an answer as I could have asked for, AJ. Unfortunately, (laughs) we are near the end of our time for this podcast. But before we go, I was wondering if our listeners wanted... Any more information on any of the topics we've talked about in this podcast, where could they go?
0: Feel free to, you know, shoot me an email. My email is aj at thelunar.co, because we're with the lunar company. So that's aj at thelunar.co. You can also reach us, just Google our website, Google our show, earth eclipses.com. We're a really small company. Like I said, the lunar company is just the three of us. It's myself. Victor and Nick, we love getting emails from people. So any questions that anyone has about fiction or about building an app from scratch, as as fast as we're trying to do it, or just the lessons that we've we've learned over the last the last year doing this remotely over coronavirus, please feel free to get in touch.
1: Jay, okay, this has been a ton of fun. I greatly look forward to when the full series is released. And perhaps I can call upon you to come back and, and take a little more in-depth look at Earth Eclipsed itself. But I wanted to thank you and look forward to continuing the conversation.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Tom. It's a huge pleasure to, to come on your show. And I really appreciate it. I'm really glad that we met at, at Podcast Movement 21. And hopefully I'll see you at the one in 22.
1: If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.